Thank you, brother. Praise the Lord, everyone. It's good to be in the house of the Lord tonight, isn't it? Amen. There is no service quite like midweek service. Uh, Sunday is just not enough. We need more of God than just one day a week. Amen. The Bible says the devil is working hard to get at us and destroy our lives, our families' lives. And we need as much as God in our lives, as much as the Word of God as we can possibly fit in our week. Amen. So I'm glad to be here. I'm sorry your pastor is not here. I know you miss him terribly. And uh, I was uh, wishing I could see him while uh, here in California. Uh, but I hope to see him uh, before too long. And uh, glad to see AJ here and, and uh, Sister Brown and the, fam- the rest of the family. And, of course, the family of God, which is you. Glad to see you tonight. You're part of my family, and I think that's what we're going to talk about tonight, the family of God through the Spirit of Jesus Christ. I'm from the Midwest, so this area is a little different than what I'm used to, but my, is it beautiful, very beautiful where this church is, and this is a beautiful church you have here and a beautiful congregation. So it's, a, it's an honor to be here tonight with you. Amen. How many are ready for the word of the Lord? How many love the word of the Lord? How many realize that you need the word of the Lord? I'm not ashamed to say it tonight. I need the word of God. I need the words from this book. There's wisdom in this book. There's hope in this book. There's power in this book. And I need what this book has. Glad to have my wife, Sister Bethany Urshan, here tonight. Let's give her a hand. Glad to have her here. I want to get right into the Word of the Lord tonight, and I want you to turn, if you will, to the book of 1 Corinthians, book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I can tell that you all know how to worship the Lord here, and what a wonderful worship service we've had here tonight. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And I want to read a few verses, uh, verses 12 through 14, and then we'll skip down to verse 27. Now this chapter is a very wonderful chapter uh, concerning the body of Christ, brothers and sisters in the family of Christ, the church. And uh, if you're not familiar with this chapter, I would that you might take time to read this complete chapter but for the sake of time, I want to pick out a few verses. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting with verse 12. For as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. And then let's look down to verse 27. Now ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. Ye are the body of Christ, but members in in particular. Turn to your neighbor tonight and say, you are part of the body of Jesus Christ. 
now look back to them and say, you are an important part of the body of Jesus Christ. If you believe that, say praise the Lord. Amen. Let's clap our hands to the Lord again. Let's praise Him. Come on, somebody, clap your hands to the Lord tonight. He's worthy of the praise. We worship you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. It's an honor to be in your house with the family of God tonight. Praise your holy name. Amen. I want to speak to you for a few minutes on the thought you are a part of the family of God through Jesus Christ, the family of God through Jesus Christ. If it were not for Jesus Christ, you could not be part of the family of God. You may be seated. There is a principle that says there is strength in numbers. And the Bible says that two is better than one. The Bible says that where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there. When we gather together, just as we are tonight, as a part of the body of Christ, the family of God, there is a strength in the numbers of one coming together to make two, and then two coming together, and more and more gathering together to make a stronger group and a stronger number of believers. Survival is dependent on not just numbers, but the unity that we have when numbers or members come together. I believe that that we can see this truth illustrated in the animal kingdom because instinctively animals gather together. And uh, we have many names for, for these groups of animals. Uh, when when uh, uh, cows get together, we call them herds. When... Uh, uh, sheep get together, we call them flocks. When birds or quail get together, we call them a covey of quail. And when fish get together, we, we say that they have schooled up or they are schools of fish. But I want to tell you that, that, that it's not just the animal kingdom where individuals gather together, but I believe that, that people, human beings... We like to gather together in numbers. We like to uh, uh, congregate. We don't really like to be isolated. And uh, I guess we could say that when, when humans gather together, we, we call them crowds. And I'm thankful that there is a crowd gathered here tonight in Pasadena to worship the Lord. Amen. I'm glad there's a crowd gathered together that believe in the name of Jesus Christ. Praise God that believe in the power of the Holy Ghost to change somebody's life. Praise God. I'm glad we've gathered together tonight. Migrations of large groups of birds 
depend on the flock, the rest of the birds in the flock for survival. If you study about geese and in the Midwest, uh, uh, oftentimes during the year, uh, we can look up and, and see a, a flock of geese that are flying together in a V formation. And uh, if you study uh, why these geese do this, you can learn a lot of things. But uh, uh, one thing that I learned about their formation is they must do this in order for their survival. If they're going to make it to their destination for their migration to be a success, they must work together and flock together. Now, if you listen closely to these geese, you will not just see them flying together, but you might hear them honking at each other. Now, now this is not the same kind of honking that I've been hearing on the freeways here uh, in the L.A. area, but this is a honking of encouragement. The geese that are behind the other geese, they, they will honk to encourage the geese ahead of them to keep on flying, to stay in formation, to be strong, to be courageous. Amen. Now, now the honks that I hear on the road most of the time are not honks of encouragement because I don't, I don't see many smiles with those honks. But I think we can learn from the geese that it's good for us to encourage each other as we flock together, church, as we strive together, as we walk, as we run this race together, as we try to live and serve God, amen, together. We ought to encourage each other. Amen. We ought to strengthen each other. We ought to say something good. Amen. Say something positive that's going to help our brother or our sister run this race. Can you say praise the Lord? Amen. Uh, the, the wildebeest, that's another example. How many have heard of the wildebeest? The continent of Africa. These wildebeest herds, they, they do an amazing thing. They, 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 they form in large herds and they have a, a migration that takes place. And, and this migration uh, is one that's going to involve a trek of over 1,800 miles. And, and up to 1.8 million of these wildebeest will, will herd together and take this migration trek across these many miles. And they will have to gather together in close groups and depend on each other for their survival. This necessary migration, this important migration for their survival, it depends on them coming together in numbers because there is strength in numbers and their survival is dependent on unity. I want to say right here that the survival of the church of Jesus Christ today is dependent on unity. Amen. And I don't know y'all very well, and I haven't been here before, but one thing I can safely say, for the success of this church, amen, for the kingdom of God to work mightily in this community, there must be a strength of not just numbers, but of unity in this place. It's time for us to love one another. It's time for us to come together. It's time for us to put away some differences. Amen. And come together under the banner of love and under the banner of the name of Jesus Christ and the gospel of the kingdom. Praise God. Praise God. There's a scripture which is one of my favorite scriptures. And, and uh, it's in Psalms chapter 68 and verse 6. And uh, this scripture says that God setteth the solitary 
in families. God setteth the solitary in families. And that's a beautiful thought that has had an impact on my life. Because I, I think in my life how I have seen so many people who were living a solitary life. A life all alone in this world. Maybe they had people around them. Maybe they even had a good family relationship. But yet, spiritually and in other ways, they were solitary. They were alone. But somehow they met a Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. They came in contact with a God who took them from their solitary place and set them or placed them in a family. Amen. I'm talking about the family of God. I'm talking about the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. This scripture setting from Psalms chapter 68, it has to do with the time that the Israelites, the people of Israel, they were escaping from Egypt. And they had crossed the Red Sea. They had been delivered mightily from slavery. How many remember that story? A wonderful miracle. But now they were on a trek. They were a part of a large migration. And history says that there were at least, possibly many more, but two million Israelites, counting men, women, and children, in this migration that took place. So they had been delivered mightily from Pharaoh. They had escaped the armies of Egypt that were behind them. The Red Sea had parted and they had crossed the Red Sea on dry ground. What a wonderful miracle. But now here they were, two million Israelites in this desert place, this wilderness place. Men, women, children. And I can just imagine the confusion of that many people going into a new land, a new place. And you can just perhaps imagine the commotion, even the chaos that was taking place as they tried to migrate to this new land. Two million of them. They were probably looking for familiar faces. They're probably trying to find their loved ones and gather them together. And from this scripture, the Bible seems to say that there were individuals that had somehow gotten displaced, lost. Maybe they were young people. Maybe they were children. Maybe they were people that had a dif difficult time making it on their own. Maybe there were some that were sick, but they had gotten displaced from their family units and people they knew. So I can imagine in that commotion there were people that were looking for familiar faces and people they knew and family members. And, and even though it was a difficult thing they had gone through and they were probably rejoicing that they were alive and they had come over this wonderful crossing of the Red Sea and they were overjoyed of their deliverance, but yet they found themselves alone and looking for someone they knew. And the Bible says 
amen, that God would set the solitary one, the, the individual, the ones that were not a part of a family unit. They were all alone. They were looking for a familiar face. And in God's grace and mercy and love and compassion, He would take that one and set them in a family unit. That's an awesome and a powerful truth. Amen. I believe there are people here tonight that can relate to that. They can relate to that marvelous thing that God has done in their life. I know I can. Praise God. You can relate to a God, amen, that somehow did a transformation in your life and, and brought a change about in your life. And you thought you were alone. You felt solitary. You felt lost. Amen. You were looking for someone that would love you. Amen. That would care for you. Praise God. And you found Jesus Christ. And you found a relationship with God. And you were born again. And God set you in a family. The family of God, which is the church tonight. So I have a witness here tonight. Hallelujah. Praise God. Is there anybody here who God has set you in this place? Is there anybody here who you have found a new family? The family of God through Jesus Christ. Come on, is anybody thankful about this thing? Is anybody thankful that you're a part of this church? Does anybody believe in this institution called the church? Why don't you lift your hands? I know it's Wednesday night Bible study. Why don't you lift your hands and praise God that you're a part of the church? The family of God. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. As a, as a jeweler would set a diamond into a ring you have been set you have been placed into a new family a family called the church this family is in many cases as real as important as loving as a natural family I have come across and known many people who have repented of their sins, been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, been filled with the Holy Ghost, had a transformation in their life, come to know Jesus in a way they never knew before, in a real relationship with Him. Their life has been changed. I've known many people that have come to find out that the church, the family of God, becomes more of a family, a place of love, a place of compassion, a place of caring, a place of unity. The church to them has become more important, more valuable than their natural family. That's how powerful the church is. And I want to tell you tonight, I want to tell somebody tonight, God has set you here in this church, in this family, for a reason. It's not by accident that you're here. You're here, I believe, because God has set you here. He has divinely orchestrated it to put you, to establish you in this church, this family. Let me ask you tonight, when were you established? What year were you established? What year were you born again? What year were you established in truth, established in faith? The Bible says 
It's a good thing that the heart be established with grace. God has established you. That word setteth, it's a strong word. It's a very purposeful word. God hath setteth the solitary in families. He hath established you. How many remember the year you were established? Amen. I remember the the year. I remember the time I was established in this family called the family of God. This family, the church, it's an amazing institution. And the Bible says that when you were established in this faith, when you were established in the church of Jesus Christ, you were put here and as He set you here with, with purpose, as He established you uh, with the plan of you getting rooted and grounded and not, not being uprooted, not leaving, not changing, but, but growing in your establishment in the place that He set you in. The Bible lets us know that God does His part to protect you in the church, to keep you saved. Now, now I know that we don't believe in eternal security. We don't believe that once you're saved that you are always saved and it doesn't matter what you do. I believe that you can secure your eternal security by every day living and depending on the Word of God and walking in the Spirit and coming to church on Wednesday night praise God, worshiping and praising God, studying His Word, being filled and refilled with the Holy Ghost. That's how you secure your eternal security. Living a holy and separated life. That's how we secure our eternity. But, but the Bible does say that if we are doing that, God does His part to protect us and to keep us. And one thing that He provides for the solitary that is placed in a family. One thing that He provides for an individual who is born again and becomes part of the body of Christ or a member, as we read tonight, of this body, this beautiful body we call the church, the body of Christ. The Word of God says that, that God has promised that once you are set in the church, once you are set in the family of God that no one can pluck you out of the hand of God. I don't care who your enemies are on this earth. I don't care who your boss is, your evil boss. I don't care who your evil neighbor is, your family member. I, I don't know who your enemies are tonight. But the Bible promises us that no individual can pluck you out of the hand of God. Amen. There's protection in the church. He's provided safety for you in the church. He's going to take care of you. He's going to keep you. He's established you in this thing. Amen. He, he's put you in a place where there's brothers and sisters around you. There's people that love you. There's people that care for you. There's people that encourage you. There's people that pray for you. Amen. There's protection there's safety in the church. You can make it all the way. You can endure to the end. You can be saved. There's no individual that can take you out of the safety of this church. 
Nobody can pluck you out of the hand of God. I, I like to think of the hand of God this way. A hand has five fingers. Everybody lift up your hand. No one can pluck you out of the hand of God. Now, now God's hand is much bigger than ours. He holds the whole world in His hand. Amen. We know that. But, but, but I think of the five fingers of the hand of God. And it makes me think of the five-fold ministry that every individual in the church has access to. When you're a part of the church, when you're a member of the body of Christ, you have the five fingers of the hand of God around you, protecting you, nurturing you, helping you grow. What are these five fingers? Well, the Bible says that we have apostles, we have prophets, we have pastors, we have evangelists, we have teachers. Amen. Praise God. You have a wonderful pastor here. You need to honor your pastor. Can I get a witness? Amen. You need to love your pastor. You need to appreciate your pastor. When he gets up here and opens the word of God, you need to listen. Amen. To the words that God has given your pastor to share with you. You've been given these things as gifts. They are part of the mighty protective hand of God. Amen. And if you if you if you rest, if you if you place yourself, if you submit yourself to be protected in the hand of God, no individual can pluck you out of the hand of God. Amen. How many are thankful for your pastors? How many are thankful for evangelists, teachers, apostles and prophets? Amen. That's right. This family of God, the church, it's an amazing institution. Don't ever underestimate it, folks. Don't ever underestimate what you have here tonight. It's a powerful thing. It's the church that's going to change this world. It's what you have here tonight that has the power to change this community. It's what you have here tonight, amen, that has the power to break the bonds of sin and addiction that are outside these doors. It's what you have. It's the strength you have in, in numbers. It's the strength you have in gathering together. It's the strength you have in unity. It's what you have right here and the potential that you have right here to change this area around you. Amen. People need the church. They don't need country clubs. They don't need social clubs. We don't need the government that much. What we really need, we need a truth believing, God-serving church. Amen. We need a church that's alive. We need a church that's on fire. This community need a, needs a church that loves God more than anything else. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Amen. You're a part of this great institution. Yes, the church is large. It's massive. Uh, the church numbers in the millions now of people who have received this experience, been born again, baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Received the gift of the Holy Ghost, spoken in tongues. The number is up in the millions now of the worldwide church. But the Bible says that you are members in particular. In other words, the person next to you, your brother, your sister, is very, very important to the health and the strength of this church. Members in particular. I love preaching about the church, the body of Christ. God brags on it in His Word. He brags on the church. He talks about how wonderful the church is. The apostles and the writers of the Scriptures, they, they're amazed by the church. 
They're in wonder of this thing we call the church. Preachers preach about the value of the church. And in case there's anybody here tonight that wonders who the church is, the church is the church of Jesus Christ. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. How about you? I'm in this thing for Jesus Christ. It's not about the building. It's not about the music. It's not about a personality. I'm in this thing because I'm following Jesus Christ. That's why I got in the church, because of Jesus Christ. These are people who have decided to follow Jesus Christ all the way to the end. People who have decided to follow and live by His Holy Word. It's a dedicated group. It's a determined group. It's a thankful group. That's who the church is. The church is full of people whose lives have been changed, transformed by the power of God. People who have charted a new course that leads to heaven. They've said goodbye to some old ways. They've said goodbye to some old acquaintances. They've said goodbye to some old paths that they were on. And they have charted a new course that leads to heaven. They are a people of faith. They are a people of hope. They are a people of charity. I'm talking about the church tonight. That's who the church is. They are a people who have been born again by water and by spirit. They've repented of their sins. They've been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. They've been filled with the Holy Ghost with the initial sign of speaking in other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. That's who the church is. Well, how does this church work? This church of Jesus Christ, it works through unity. The Bible says it like this. We are fitly joined together. Peace by peace, we, we fit, we find our place, and we, we give there, we grow there, but, but we join ourselves with other believers, and that's how a church is born. A church can be a few, or a church can be many. We share together, we worship together, we sorrow together, we cry together. We laugh together and we fellowship together. That's how the church works. How many appreciate godly fellowship? I want to tell you there's no fellowship like the fellowship in a church. There's no fellowship like when believers come together. Amen. Where love is there. Where kindness is there. There's a safety in that fellowship. There's there's a, a purity in that fellowship. Amen. You ought to take every, take uh, advantage of every opportunity you have to come together and fellowship. Whatever the gathering is about, come together because we need each other, church. We need the fellowship of our brothers and sisters. There's something powerful about that fellowship. We sorrow with each other. When one is weeping, we also feel the sorrow and we weep with them. The Bible says we are to do that. Amen. The Bible says that 
that we are part of the body of Christ, just like the toe is important, uh, the hand is important, the ears are important. We're all important parts of this body, just as these parts are to our natural body. And none is more important than the other. If you were to hurt your toe, you wouldn't take the other foot and stomp on that hurt toe. You would protect that toe. You would bandage that toe. You would try to take care of that toe. Amen. And when one of us is hurt, when one of us is sorrowing, when one of us is grieving, when one of us is down, amen, we are to go to that one and sorrow with them and grieve with them and pray with them. And on the other side of that, when one rejoices, we are to rejoice with them. Amen. When your brother or your sister is blessed, we're not to envy them. We're not to uh, uh, feel bad toward them. We're not to turn a cold shoulder toward them. But if you can sorrow with them, the Bible says you're also to rejoice with them that rejoice. We are a family. Praise God. Amen. We help each other. We give a hand up. We love and we support. We pray for one another. We need to pray for our brothers and sisters. Amen. We need to pray for each other. That's where the power comes from. Amen. It comes from the, 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 the boiler room of prayer in a church. Amen. We need to pray for each other. It's important. We need to value our family members in a church. We need to lift our brother or our sister to the level that we value ourselves. We need to value their part in the kingdom. We need to value who they are. Somebody say amen. amen. We need to become more appreciative of our brothers and sisters in the church and less opinionated about them. Oh, we've got so many opinions. How so-and-so lives their lives. And, and how so-and-so raises their kids. And how so-and-so does this. And how so-and-so does that. And I know that probably doesn't happen here at this church. But in a lot of churches it does because we're humans. And we, we get off in these areas. We get off track sometimes. And we get a little bit opinionated about people. I think we ought to, instead of be opinionated about each other, we ought to be more appreciative about each other. I hope this isn't too strong tonight. Amen. We need to be more loving and less grumpy towards each other. We need to be more loving. How do I become a part of this great church that you're talking about tonight? Well, this is not a secular organization. This is not a social club. This is not a, a country club. This is something much more important than that. This is a spiritual group. And this organization called the church, the way that you become part of this institution is by being born of the water and of the Spirit. Being born again. Only God can do this thing. 
It's a change of direction. It's a bigger calling, a higher calling than any other institution or group that you've ever known. And if you're here tonight and you are not a part of this church, I don't mean you just come and sit on the chairs or you just uh, uh, take part in some of the activities, but if you have not been born into this thing, the Bible says, we read the Scriptures, amen, by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body. No matter what your nationality is, no matter what your race is, no matter what your background is, Jew or Gentile, bond or free, We've all come together because of one spirit. Amen. You become a part of this spiritual body. You become a part of this spiritual institution. Not by just gathering here or just saying you are a friend of the church or by signing a membership card. You become a part of this church by being born again. By having that spiritual transformation take place in your life. Being born of the water and of the spirit. And when you get filled with the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, then you now have the Spirit of Jesus Christ residing in you. And you have the Spirit of God in you, which makes you a part of this one body called the body of Christ. Somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body. Amen. The body of Christ. The body of Christ. Praise God. I'm here in California because our family had a family reunion. Our family is scattered all over the United States. And I live about 2,000 miles from here. But I have an uncle and his family And my cousins here, I have two other families of cousins in California. And so this last week, members of my family from Indiana and California and Missouri and Texas and Ohio, a lot of us came together. My father, who is 82 years old, who is in the same city that I'm in, He and my mother traveled to get to this reunion. My older, my dad's older brother, who is my uncle, who we don't get to see very often, he was at this reunion. It was a great opportunity for my dad to be around his older brother, whom he's not able to see very often. But what I want to say is that our family has roots from another country. And there were three immigrants that were at this Urshan family reunion. My dad, my dad's brother, and my dad's sister. And all of these came over from the Middle East and their fathers came over. And We're amazed as we gather together as a family because what brought us together and what brought us to this place, to this country, is our faith in Jesus Christ. My ancestors were Christians 
who were a very small minority and they were surrounded by very zealous Muslims. And members of my family suffered much persecution, torturing, beating. They were on the run. They were fugitives. They were refugees. And, and, and because of their faith in Jesus Christ, we have ended up in America. And our families have prospered. They've grown. They've done well. They've been in good health for the most part. And we attribute this to God and His love and His mercy for us. My forefathers, my grandparents, they suffered terrible persecution because of their faith in Jesus Christ. And there's still a group of, of my ancestors, my heritage that is over deep in the Middle East and totally surrounded by, by very violent Muslims who are still suffering persecution against the Christians. So this message tonight, this thought tonight of, of God setting individuals in a place of protection, setting people in a place of love, has special meaning to me. Praise God. Amen. My forefathers, even my grandparents, came from a place of being in a Middle Eastern land totally surrounded by very zealot Muslims to being in a place where they are proclaiming the truth and preaching, amen, God's Word and preaching the truth of salvation in the name of Jesus Christ and receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. Praise God. And many of my cousins are pastors, pastoring apostolic churches. And almost every member of my family has been born again, baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, received the gift of the Holy Ghost, living for God. And I'm amazed by God's goodness and God's grace and God's mercy. Somehow He, he set us, He set my forefathers and brought them to a family, a family of believers family of Jesus Christ and placed us in the body of Christ. And I want to tell you something. I, I, I don't want to ever go anywhere else. Amen. There's no better place for you. There's no better place for me than right here. Amen. In a truth teaching. Amen. Apostolic preaching. Holy Ghost filled church of Jesus Christ. Amen. There's no place else you ought to want to be, but besides right here. Amen. There's strength here. There's safety here. There's protection here. There's love here. Hallelujah. Somebody worship the Lord tonight. Why don't you thank God for setting you in this place, for making you a part of this family, for establishing you in the truth. Hallelujah. I praise you, God. I praise you, God. Praise your name, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Amen. 
Amen. A threefold cord is not easily broken. When you put your family and the church and God together, that's a threefold cord that is not easily broken. Praise God. Amen. Your family is safe in this church. Your family is protected in the church of Jesus Christ. And nobody can pluck you out of the hand of God. Amen. When you have this threefold cord, the family, the church, and God, when you put this threefold cord together, it's a strong force. It's a mighty force. And I want to tell you tonight that the devil cannot break this strong, amen, this strong unity that is in this threefold cord. Even the devil can't break through this. Even the devil can't kill you. Even the devil can't destroy you. If you remain in this place, if you stay established in you this place, if you stay submitted to the hand of God, the Word of God, Praise God if you stay content in this place called the church of Jesus Christ. Amen. There's nothing out there in that old world for you. There's nothing out there that's going to provide you any real satisfaction. There's no, there's no eternal value in what the world offers. It's right here in the church that you find safety. It's right here in the church that you find love. It's right here in the church that your eternal, amen, path is charted. Amen. That's where your security is, right here in the church. Right here in the church. This cord, this threefold cord, it's, it's not easily separated. It's a binding and strong cord. And, and, and you'll, you'll, you'll come across things that'll, that'll be difficult. There, there will be tests. There will be financial struggles that you go through, but a financial struggle will not break up this strong cord. You might have health issues, you might have sickness, but sickness won't break up this strong cord. There may be some temptations out there, some passing allurements, some things that appeal to the eyes, but there's nothing out there that has to break up this strong threefold cord of your family, the church, and God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Strong, godly families make strong homes. Strong homes make strong churches. Strong churches make strong neighborhoods. Strong neighborhoods make strong countries. And community. Amen. What our country needs is families to get in the church. What our neighborhoods need is what our neighborhoods need is for uh, uh, families to get in the church. What our country needs is for families to get in the church and be established there. Amen. God said at the solitary. In families. Praise God. Praise God. I want to come to a close tonight. I don't want to keep you much longer. But we were at this family reunion. And there were many, many 
uh, cousins and grandkids, great-grandkids, and they were all having a big time running around. But we found time to set the immigrants on a stage together, put three chairs together, and my father, who's 82 years old, his older brother, uh, my father's sister, my aunt, they sat together, and the younger generation, their kids, their grandkids, great-grandkids, we all sat and we asked questions about some of the things they went through because of their faith, some of the persecution they went through, some of the hardships that they went through in their travels as they would flee persecution and violence for the cause of Jesus Christ. And we heard some very interesting things, some things we hadn't heard before about some miracles that God wrought. And I don't have time to go through those. There are fascinating miracles that God had wrought and performed to keep the family safe and even keep them together, even though at times siblings at young ages, even in their teenage years, were separated and even in different countries all alone for many months. But at the end of the time together, we uh, asked for some words of wisdom, some advice from these elders, and one of the individuals who had lived a long time, seen a lot of things, he just had a little to say, but I think there was a lot of truth in what he said. He, he said the most important thing is that in your life you have a strong bond of three things. One is faith, the other is family, and the third thing is friends. He, he said it was, it was the family unit that somehow kept them together and they would try to help each other and, 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 and strengthen each other during these difficult times. It was their faith in God that kept them strong and full of hope. And at times they had friends that were very important and played an important role at different times in their journeys to help keep them safe and to protect them. Faith, family, and friends are very important. But I started to think about these words, these wise words, and what I realized is that faith, family, and friends can be found in the church. All of these three things are found in this church here tonight. There is faith here. There is family here. And there can be great friendships that can be very important and very strengthening in your walk with the Lord. 
I want to tell you tonight, you can find everything you need from the church. Everything you need to make it, you can find in the church. Oh, you might say, well, this isn't the church that it used to be. I remember the old days. Pentecost isn't like it used to be. And that may be true. And there are some things we need to go back to and strengthen. But I want to tell you today, as a minister, that the church of today, the truth-believing, apostolic, Pentecostal church of today, of 2011, amen, it is strong enough. It is powerful enough to keep you and to cause you to make it to heaven. Amen. Let's stand to our feet tonight. Let's lift our hands. Everybody, lift your hands, please. Let's worship the Lord. Hallelujah. That's right. Let's talk to the Lord. Lord, we love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord, for your church. We thank you, Lord, for the body of Christ. We thank you, Lord, for the strength, the fellowship, the love, the truth that's in this church, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, we worship you and we praise you. Hallelujah, come on, somebody express yourself. Tell the Lord how thankful you are to be a part of this glorious church. Amen. This is a glorious church. This is a special church. Hallelujah, the church of Jesus Christ is an overcoming church. It's a victorious church. It's the bride of Christ. You're a part of this wonderful thing we call the church tonight. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. If you're not a part of this church, if you haven't been born again of the water and of the Spirit, you can be. Because this is a church that welcomes new people. This is a church that welcomes new members. Amen. This is a growing church. This is the body of Christ. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. In closing, why don't you just connect with somebody, brother to brother. Amen. If you have a family member by you, just connect with them, sister to sister. Amen. I want to just pray for you tonight before we leave this place. That's right. Join hands. Put your hand on somebody's shoulder. Some sign of connection tonight. Some sign of unity tonight. Amen. We're going to pray for each other. Praise God. Praise God. We're going to pray together tonight. Amen. Pray for your brother. Pray for your sister right now. Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you, Lord, for the spirit that we feel right now. We thank you, Lord, for your presence that is here right now. Lord, I feel love in this place. I feel hope in this place, Lord Jesus. I feel faith in this place right now, Lord Jesus. Nothing is impossible with you, Lord. I pray, God, that you would bind us together, that you would strengthen us, Lord, tonight. In the name of Jesus, touch my brother, touch my sister, Lord, I pray. Hallelujah. Bless every individual, every single person, every member of a family, every child, every son, every daughter, every husband, every wife, every single parent, Lord. I pray right now that you would strengthen us tonight in this house. In the name of the Lord Jesus, bind us together. Let there be a strong unity in this place. Let us realize who we are and whose we are. 
let us realize that you want to do something great in this community. But it's not going to happen until we come together. Hallelujah. Until we get encouraged about what you want to do, Lord. Until we get dedicated to your cause. We are your hands in this community, Lord. You're going to work through us, God. If it's going to be, good, if it's going to be done, it's going to take place through this truth-teaching church, through this Holy Ghost-filled church. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Bind us together. Unify us, Lord, I pray. Strengthen us right now. Hallelujah. Let us have a boldness that comes over us. Let there be a love that reigns in this place. A love that reaches out. A love that cannot be denied when somebody walks in this place. A worship that invites your presence, Lord, I pray. Touch this church, I pray. In the name of Jesus. 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 Hallelujah. Bless this church, Lord. From the youngest to the eldest, Lord, I pray a blessing over this church tonight. In the name of Jesus. Let souls be one through the witness of this church. Let your name be glorified in this church. Let people be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ in this church, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Let the truth of your word be preached across this pulpit. Let this be a place of holiness. Let this be a place of love. Let this be a place of mercy. To the outsider, that they may feel the love and the unity in this place. Praise God. I love the church, don't you? Amen. Why don't you give a hand clap to the Lord one more time. Let's worship Him. Hallelujah. We praise You, Lord. We worship You, Jesus. We magnify You. Praise God. Before I dismiss you, why don't you just find somebody, hug their neck, brother to brother. Amen. Sister to sister, hug somebody. Tell them how much you appreciate them. Praise God. Why don't you tell somebody you're praying for them? Tell somebody you love them. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. Lord, protect us as we leave this place until we come together again. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing here. Thank you, Lord, for what we feel here right now. Protect us and bless us until we come together again in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Protect, Lord, Pastor Brown, I pray in the name of Jesus. Give him safe travels. Bless his ministry, Lord, in the precious name of Jesus. Everybody said amen. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.